Hello, hello, folks. Welcome again to another edition here of Mind of Magnus at 106.3 WRFZLP Rochester, Rochester Free Radio. And as always, the cool kids are listening in online on their smart devices on rochesterfreeradio.com. Hello there, folks. I got to give a shout out to the people that make this possible. This show is made possible by the lovely folks of Air Rec Radio. Uh, Carrie, uh, Corey and Stacy are two guys just really just making the, the airwaves better. Uh, listen to them here on Rock Free Radio or check out their uh, airrecradio.com for all the old past shows. Uh, I personally like following them on their Facebook page because I can see their live uh, video feed when the show airs. But uh, check them out uh, week, the mornings here on Rock Free Radio. Just awesome dudes. And uh, they make the show happen. So uh, the other part is I want to give a thank you to our Patreon supporters out there. This is uh, this station is actually listener supported in all the right ways. Uh, you guys make this happen. I want to thank you to everyone who's been becoming a Patreon supporter. If you want to help us out, just go to the Rochester Free Radio website, click on the big orange button, and you can uh, toss a couple dollars our way to help keep the lights on, keep the new microphones coming in, and of course buying all the gold to uh, rain our guests with. So that's our nefarious plot here. Uh, so are you listening to the Mind of Magnus here tonight? I am the host Magnus uh, and my uh, co-host behind the glass, as always, Matt Obscure. How are you doing? In there, Matt. Good evening. I'm holding it down in here. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. You know what? I'm enjoying it. That's our what second time of having a theme song on this show, and I am really liking that. I'm I'm bopping to this in my chair when I hear it. It's pretty darn good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's yacht. It's Paradise Engineering on the Shangri La album. If anybody wants to play along at home, yes, nice. I can finally say I have a yacht in my life. So it's pretty good. Um, yeah, so this is The Mind of Magnus. If you guys are first-time listeners, which we have been getting lately, people have been writing, writing in and saying they've been liking the show, uh, this is a, a chance for me to uh, kind of do the things that I do. I have a, a goal every day to learn, someone, learn something different and meet someone new every day. Uh, I use the, uh, my social media uh, to regurgitate all the cool factoids I learn. And uh, the radio station is how I share the cool people. I have met in my course of walking around the city and uh, that's what my goal is here for Rock Free Radio I want to have a chance to give the Rochester experience to an hour of of someone's time to let them know that the the rest of the city know that they're walking along amongst them so that's my nefarious plot Uh, if you have any point in time you want to be a guest you know a guest you think you have an answer or question that you want to throw at us live on the show you can do so Uh, my twitter handle is magnus apollo on twitter even my guy in the glass box uh, matt obscure on twitter Uh, you can send an email to the show at mindofmagnus at gmail.com and uh, so matt tonight our guest is going to be someone that uh, this is the first time i can probably say this with all sincerity since uh, most folks know i'm not over religious but my guest tonight literally i was brought together by jesus jesus brought us together matt it is an amazing thing i know that guy (laughs) (laughs) i heard he's pretty good i I don't know um but yes i actually met my guest tonight is uh andrew conley a a poet here in rochester uh all-around cool dude we see him strolling about uh if uh if you go to our the mind of magnus uh page on uh, radio page on facebook you'll see his lovely face which has been painted here by an artist uh so uh, tonight i want to bring on andrew conley onto the show andrew thank you for joining us on the mind of magnus thank you magnus good evening and welcome everyone 
down. Yay. Um, as I mentioned, the opening sequence, one of the ways we met. Now, I would met you before. We have a, a, the Venn diagram of friends here in Rochester. It's a small Indeed. city full of very cool folks. Uh, but you and I happen to ha- be on the exact same IMDb page. So we share a movie together. A fantastic <laughs> film. A fa- truly a fantastic film. Uh, this film, uh, WWJD, what would, Who Would Jesus Date is the name of the movie. Uh, uh, it's a short film. It's uh, twelve to fifteen minutes long, and it's. Mm-hmm. Very, I think it's very funny. It's a w- well done production. Uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, Niti uh, Fiduko. We're about pronouncing Niti her last Fiduko name. and engineered with uh, Dan Fiduko, her ex husband, mm-hmm. and um, wonderful man, and Dan Kushner and Brett Go wrote a lot of that. They're, it's a great production. Oh, I had a blast. Uh, yeah, I was approached by Needy. She's like, "Listen, uh, do you want to be an apostle?" And I'm like, "The answer is always yes. You can't just you can't say no." Like, "No, nah, I, I, my apostle duties, I can't do that." <laughs> but we were literally uh, brought, uh, brought together. And uh, but you played. Uh, what was your role? In I was that? Matthew. I was the tax collector, so I made a bad situation worse. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jesus is uh, meeting his girlfriend's father in this movie, mm-hmm. and um, it's not going very well. Uh, the disapproving father, played by John Valenti, which is, is the best choice. John Valenti has the most disapproving face, but naturally, just he like, I want him to narrate my autobiography if I ever write it because he has the way of delivering things in the most determined way, and just the look about him. It's it's phenomenal. And his band, it. Passive Aggressive Anonymous, just got recognized by NPR, which is very exciting. Awesome! I love those guys. That it's a great show. If anyone listening get a chance, uh, Passive Aggressive Anonymous. Uh, they're talented. Uh, everyone in there. Their uh, Mauve uh, album just came out, right? That's yeah. What? It's it's a um, it's a combination of comedy and great musicianship, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's worth checking out for sure. Passive aggressive anonymous. Yeah. So look, we're giving out shouts out to other cool people in the city. But that's I think how you work. You're you're a very friendly guy. I, reason we met, we're both the smiling big guys in a room. And every time I chat with you, you have like general interesting content. Some people have small talk, and you would you'll approach me and like, hey, I just read this thing or just talk. And you seem to be a person who like quests for you know grander understanding of things and just uh, how things work and. Uh, like it's is this a natural form? I mean, you're being a poet, is this how you kind of well, live? It's due to a lot of influences, mostly um, modern Buddhist writings, mm-hmm. and um, taking that and extrapolating it into my own form for the writing itself. Um, but I, I'm always interested in a, in a depth conversation. I think you are too. So. Oh, yeah. it, um, it really meshes quite well. Nice, I think so. I the older I get, the more I realize I don't have enough time for small talk anymore. Not that I don't have enough time. I just like having genuine content. I I find people very interesting. It says a man who has a radio show and interviews people. <laughs> it's what I like doing. I I know that you are a person that probably has you know something that I don't know. It, everyone I know, everyone I've ever met knows something I do not know. And I want to know that. I want to share your information with me. My, the goal of this radio station, or the radio show, excuse me, is to expand the mind of Magnus, not so Indeed. much. Yeah, yeah, Indeed, so. and I think that's one of life's purposes for everyone is knowledge, acquisition, and transfer. As oh, nice. To sum it up, it's just acquiring the knowledge and transmitting it in whatever form you can throughout mm-hmm. your life. Now, is there a way that you... Are you your, how do you acquire your information? What, what, where do you draw your information and, and ideas and concepts from? Well, I think of Buddhism as a, a concise articulation of something um, preceding it, which is peace itself. Uh-huh. And uh, I read uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, if I pronounce that correctly. And I, I've always seen it written. I've never pronounced it myself, so I'm it, even nervous. It's very accessible, um, accessible versions of the Buddhist thought applying to modern struggles. Uh-huh. 
So that provides a foundation for my writing itself. Nice. And I, I present the ideas in a more co- convoluted form. Maybe a, yeah. I just encode them, I would say, in an uh, imagery-based form. That's nice. So you're, po- you're, so you're creating the words uh, out of the, your, your mental image of what you've pulled from. So it's, it's your extrapolation of this, the, the Buddhist sort of construct below it. That, that's, so um, now how did you get into, like some people, like we chuckle, you and I met via a, a, a Jesus, Cedric and I were talking about Buddhism, but what brought you to the study and liking of Buddhism? Where did this come from? Well, it's very available. I was walking in a bookstore and I saw pieces every step and I was thinking, oh, that applies to nearly everyone. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked up that book and from there I've read a bunch of other um, other articulations of the thought. And it's never it's never convoluted. It's always pretty straightforward and it makes a lot of sense and it could apply to a lot of difficulties we're having in the world today, mm-hmm. um, these, these lines of thinking. It's compatible with other lines of thought as well. Oh, oh. I, I, now... Curiosity question. I always like to know a little bit about the the guest we have on. Uh, are you originally from Rochester? Are you a Rochester? Native? I grew up uh, to the east or southeast. Uh, Victor. Oh, nice. I'm not I'm, a geography guy, but uh, no, that's, I, met, I grew up in West Bloomfield, so I'm the same county, just different different town down there. Okay. Uh, so, what brought you up to the the booming city of Rochester? Well, I went to school in Rochester uh, for college. Oh, nice. And um, after that, I met some. Really cool folks, some uh-huh. musicians that um, collaborated with uh, some guys from Eastman. They had a band called Wall Rye, uh-huh. which was uh, new psychedelic rock. Really? And oh. um, I began you know, collaborating with them, mm-hmm. and I was allowed to uh, hang out at their place and eventually got out more on my own now and um, just wanted to stay in the city because of the good people, the good culture, and the good conversation like this one. <laughs> That's exactly it. I, the more I travel, the more I like Rochester, the more I've bumped into amazing people. Uh, I'm very spoiled in this city because I have met some of the most unique, quirky, positive, even bad, but there, there's a some sort of energy in the city, and it's. I think it's always been. Rochester kind of pulls in the fun weird, and it, it holds on to it does it well. We own the weird here. Indeed, and it's it could be cyclical, but I think at the same time this is a good part of the cycle if it is. Yeah, I agree. I'm happy to be in this part of that round. That that sort of, you know, how's it floating around here? So, uh, now you you were doing like uh, were you a musician as well? Um, no, of course I just dabble in the bongos mm-hmm. and uh, I do that like repetitive simple beats to focus. Oh, nice. But um, I got in to uh, collaborating with them through lyrics. And oh, that great. would be different than the poems I'm reading today. Today we have a palindrome rhyme scheme, but back then it was more songwriting oriented, which would be an A, B, A, B, or couplets, yeah, yeah. or something that sounds good with music, of course. Now the palindrome, uh, the structure here, uh, describe the palindrome. Uh, what's that, how's that structure different? Well, what it is, is it rhymes like a mirror from the center. So there's an A line, which is the first line, the last line, and the middle line. So if I were doing a 21-line version of this, I would rhyme A through J mm-hmm. with no rhymes. Then I would have an A in the middle, and then it would go backwards, J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Wow, that's amazing. And how many lines are per year, per this? I did 21 for three years, and then I expanded to 53, which has been interesting. It's been um, expanding my mind a little bit because I can fit more layers and more themes in these pieces. 
That's awesome. Uh, we had people messaging in, by the way, saying they're enjoying it. Uh, we just had uh, actually Chris Clemens uh, uh, and uh, Dennis, actually, one of our previous guests from last year was on. Uh, they agree that uh, traveling uh, definitely makes us appreciate Rochester, the weirdness in Rochester. Oh, so we have some uh, people agreeing with our the thought process there. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, so actually, a question. Someone else messaged. Are, are you... We want to find out a little more about uh, Andrew here. Uh, are you on a social media person? Do you have Twitter or anything um, else? I've been doing Facebook for maybe over a decade. It's Andrew Conley, C-O-N-L-E-Y. Cool. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Those who messaged in, thanks. Uh, Tim messaged, and he's like, are you guys? Because he's following on Twitter right now. I didn't know he was going to try to deep dive into the people. So, uh, But yeah, so Facebook. Most so. excellent, yes. I post a piece or a photograph of a written piece every so often. Now, you've been writing. You told me before, you've been writing every day? Nearly every day. Once in a while, the circumstance won't line up. But oh, yeah. um, for almost um, 15 years, 15 years in October. Wow, that is amazing. That like I, that so what what made you decide to write every day? Was it a decision, or was it just kind of you just did it? It's your nature to write it every day. Is well, there a spark? It was fairly spontaneous. I was taking time off from college. I was in a park. I was 19 years old. And uh, since I was 11, I hadn't written creatively. I took a class at Writers and Books when I was 11. And that had a spark that lay dormant for years. And um, when I was 19, I was cut off, uh, you know, socially, emotionally from, uh, from others. And I found it uh, solace in, um, mm-hmm. in writing. And uh, nearly every day since, um, I've churned out a piece or, or two. It, what is there a certain inspiration you pull from? Are you, I mean, a person that on a long walk it hits you, or like I have a friend of mine that she paints by staring at her fish tank. It doesn't have to be her fish tank, but she stares at that for like five ten minutes. Then she something just comes out of her brain. She has to like get centered, and that's her center is staring at this thing. She her aquascape she's created. Is there something that sparks you? Yes, uh, blank walls and mirrors. Blank walls and really? mirrors. Is that why the palindrome that pattern happens? Like is because pattern kind of a mirrored pattern? Is there a structure that you that pulls you from like um that makes sense i hadn't thought about it in that way mm-hmm. um but that does make sense the mirrored form and the existence of mirrors in my writing environment oh neat. um that's so, an interesting uh overlap there <laughs> I, every once in a while i pick something out that may be right who knows blank walls i like that are you staring at just a, a simple white wall is what happens when you're staring at this white wall what happens in the andrew Conley brain and you're like are you staring at a wall and then images pop up or is there just the blank slate allows what happens well, it's kind of a return to uh, previous experience and everything written before this not only in myself but also humanity at large and universal mm. influences and having no stimulus kind of or a benign stimulus allows me to return to things that may have happened before my birth or um, things that happened in the history of our species awesome awesome um, so I'm getting a bunch of people message, by the way, if I keep looking at my phone, sorry. Right. Uh, as I mentioned, we have a trivia question. And every show I write, ask a trivia question of my guests. And uh, this is how it works. I ask a question. Uh, you have all show to answer it. it uh, multiple choice question, by the way. It's a little, a little less stressful. You have all show to answer it. And if you get it right, you get to join me. I'll treat you for meatballs and beer at Skylark. 
uh, or cash value if never see my face again. That's how it works. <laughs> and um, and the first person to message in, they can help out with you, help or throw a red herring, which happens sometimes. Uh, you, the first person to message in with the right answer can join us to have more of the conversation happen or just hang around with me at the Meatballs and Beer with Skylark as well. Uh, and the guy in the glass box in there, we're going to see if he gets it right because for the past, I don't know how many weeks straight, he's got it right. And I don't give him the answers because I'm trying to not have him win. It's my nefarious plot here. So, I figured it out. We've been doing this show together almost three months. Uh-huh. I've gotten two wrong. Oh my god! And wow. he's good. Like he and he'll do it all. Like oh, I guess this just off on a on a whim. <laughs> he's like oh, I'll just pick the weird one. Of course, the weird one's usually the answer. Uh, but yeah, so those who message in, we do have a trivia question coming right now. Uh, so you ready for it? You want to hear the trivia question? Am I supposed to shout out an answer? Or? You can. Yeah, if you want. If oh. you, you have all time to do it. So let's see. So the question. This actually came in from a listener, by the way. So if you guys have a trivia question you want to send in, please do. You can mind. Uh, Mindofmagnus at gmail.com. This is where this came in from. Uh, the question comes in here. says, in 1906, the Bijou Dream opened in Rochester. It was the first of its kind. What was it? Was it A, a liquor parlor? It specialized in absinthe. Was it B, a strip club? The city didn't complain about it, except that they repeatedly knocked out the I, O, and U in the name, which caused some grief. Was it C, a fine jewelry store showing off French and Italian jewelry, the first one ever in Rochester, or was it a motion picture theater here in Rochester? The Bijou Dream in 1906. What do you think it may be? I have to guess the movie theater. Movie theater? Do you have a guess in there, Matt? Hmm. Was it a liquor parlor, strip club, jewelry store, or movie theater? I'm going to go for the liquor parlor. Liquor parlor? Okay. So if you guys have an answer, message in at mindofmagnus uh, at gmail.com or at uh, Magnus Apollo on Twitter. You can uh, let us know uh, what you think the answer is. Give Andy some uh, help here so Andrew can know what to answer to get the meatballs and beer out of it. So, yes. um, But back to topics at hand. Uh, people are also asking, we'd love to hear a, uh, a poem uh, in of yours. So there will be some poems happening tonight. Uh, certainly on demand. Yeah, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear your poem right now? Would you Would you mind setting the tone for a, a, a poem? Yeah, I can uh, read a quick one here. This is going to be a twenty-one liner. Twenty-one line, and this is going to have that same palindrome. Look for the A B, you know, and structured that way. A mirror. And ideally, it'll sound like free verse, except in the center where it rhymes around the center line. Nice. J A J pattern, and. Uh, this one is kind of representative of uh, reoccurring themes, so I'll start with this one. It's from uh, this year, uh, the 2nd of January at 10.07 a.m. Hmm. <clears throat> As a precursor to the sensory, there was a wisdom without shape. Before the written word, a formless wisdom was written in everything, wound around and ingrained in omnipresent scripture, graceful and all-knowing, becoming what now reads it. It speaks of the rise of understanding and beauty. It will weave and hypnotize, and we cannot forget. It speaks of where we're going and of where we were. When it seems we are chained, what a peace it will bring to know its freedom. When we feel captured and long to escape, it sets us free. Nice. That's a good one. Thank you. That was 21 lines. So, uh... Now, uh, somebody actually just wrote in. This sounds great. Uh, do you, I've seen this, man. You've done this with musical accompaniment. Someone just writes in. That's true. Um, I often have my good friend, old friend, Chris Kuhn, on the keyboards, and he matches the feeling, the vibe of the poem with um, 
I would say it's uh, Debussy esque often. Uh, it kind of paints a picture with the keyboards, um, the piano, uh, to match the the feeling or the um, even the the cognitive portion of the poem. And when it gets intense, he gets intense. And when it it becomes more of a a benign scene he'll play something beautiful behind it and um it's just a blessing really to have chris coon on the keys he's a talented musician and so do you guys uh for lack of a better term do you guys like have like um uh like uh, uh do you, i mean do you guess you practice this or is this something that comes out as as you're speaking does he play as i mean freeform well, it's, it's a mixture of uh planning and spontaneity as as are the poems, as is a lot of things, as are a lot of things. Um, so we'll do a short rehearsal and have a tentative plan where I would pause in certain places. Uh-huh. But it's always different every time. It's never the same twice, and that's part of what's exciting about it. That's amazing. Uh, now, uh, I really wish we had a piano in here. We could have dragged him on. Maybe have to come on again. We'll do a we're gonna have a highlight tour. One of these one of these shows. We got to bring. That's Certainly, he would. I know he would love to do that. We could bring in. He's probably got a keyboard floating around here. We don't, we don't have room for a big piano in here, but I imagine it'd be fun. So you could bring his keyboard, possibly, or something. Nice. We have to have him back on. Well, we have luckily we have a Matt, you know, the engineer behind the glass, can help make things happen. Yeah, that makes that happen. So um, now. Uh, uh, as someone mentioned, we were talking before about just kind of being in Rochester and stuff. Uh, you like and doing uh, stage performances. Are, do you draw um, uh, some of your poetry and some of your uh, uh, ideas from th- those around you, these artists and musicians, or is there a thing? Is it kind of you, you were giving lyrics for a band at one point, helping write that way. Uh, it must be kind of a two-way street, right? I mean, you seem to be inspirational. Like that's a great. That that poet, right? The, po- the poem you just read right there leans. I can imagine a musician finding a lot of substance in that to work with certainly it's a it's a two-way street i uh draw inspiration from just going out um and being around others mm-hmm. and uh that's probably how we met in the first place or the movie itself and um i, I think it draws back to maybe the beats or like an experiential writer idea mm-hmm. where uh one will walk around and experience uh as an amateur anthropologist um the reality around them mm-hmm. Oh, amateur anthropologist. That's what I love having. Is I, I'm the same thing. I like the study of people, like how it all works, kind of where like the that spark of the, each person, how it kind of interacts with the other spark of each person. Yeah. Um, actually, one of the first time, one of the memories I remember of you seeing you, uh, I think you were writing stuff down, maybe in the back of Lux or something like that. Like there was a table because I was by myself drawing and look over and you had a pen, pa- like paper, pen in hand, writing like two away. Two peas in a pod. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that man. The, the cut of his g- jib, right? How do they pronounce that sentence? Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, so uh, we actually were talking. Um, so, how do you mention before the self-created perpetual symbolism? Yeah, that's finding extra meaning in the things you see every day. Kind of embellishing your vision or your uh, auditory experience to add a layer of self-created symbolism that will augment the creative process. It's um, it's acknowledging that it's self-created. Mm-hmm. But it um, it lights a spark, so to speak, for um, getting the words down or whatever discipline you're working with. It's um, adding a, your own symbolism, which may draw back into maybe the history of humanity uh-huh. or um, some universal themes. And either finding or creating a symbolism in your surroundings that will, um, you know, 
light a spark, uh-huh. create the create the fire of creation. Self-created perpetualism. I like that. That's a great term. Now, is that something that came from writings before? Or is that something that that terminology? I don't think I've ever heard it said so that way before. Is that a yeah, Andrew I, Conley original? Well, I I I I shy away from saying anything is an original because it's True, all built yeah. built on. Um, what came before? I think of it as uh, an independently created thought that other people may have had. Nice. But in okay. terms of that terminology, I um, I independently arrived at that conclusion. Nice. <laughs> take take the credit. That's a, that's good. Yeah. Um, now, so that self created one is this that same idea of like staring at a blank wall and this coming like coming from nothing. That sort of like even though a blank wall has texture or something else, but there's still uh, that that blank canvas for the brain to spark on. Is that same idea? Sure, it's the idea. Well, it's in it's in the uh, philosophy textbook that I read. It's uh, something why something and not nothing to get down to the the baseline of it mm-hmm. all. And uh, I don't know, but I know that there's something and not nothing. So staring at something that's not stimulating can spark a um, uh, maybe some timeless ideas that obviously I'm not coming up with, but I can rephrase in my own work. Mm. Nice. Uh, actually, someone just wrote in. Uh, they, why is there something not uh, nothing? It's philosophy talk. They actually said they uh, learned about it on uh, in their class in a class they took. Like, hey, this makes sense. I've heard, I know this one I'm talking about. Yeah, there was a. I I learned about that concept in uh, philosophy 101, mm-hmm. which I took at the end of college out of order, which was kind of a recreational class for me. <laughs> now, did you enjoy it? Did you w- wish you took it? earlier on or is that something that nice like uh, icing on a good cake i did like, enjoy it and i'm glad i uh i took it when i did the professor um he was very animated he would get very excited about these concepts and um you know that can't be taken for granted someone that's passionate about their delivery of ideas oh nice um uh what actually i'm having a bunch of people message in uh Having a question for you, if you don't mind asking, what are books uh, that you have found that you've liked? Uh, this is from Susan writing in saying, I, I enjoy, I'm trying to do poetry myself and I'm looking for inspiration. Is there something that you you suggest? To okay. To talk kind of um, I have a limited list of suggestions, but I definitely have suggestions for you, Susan. Um, other than the Buddhist foundation, which is a great starting point. It's kind of a place where you can build your own work. Uh, it's a solid foundation. Um, in terms of specific poets, Rumi was writing in the 1200s, I think. Don't quote me on that. But he's a fairly ancient poet. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I, I try to mimic his vein because he was very in touch with um, transcendentalism. So following that line of thought, uh, Thoreau and... Uh, Emerson are maybe more convoluted versions of a similar thought. And then um, in terms of structure and um, structure and, and fl- flourish of poetry, uh, Rilke was writing uh, Letters to a Young Poet is published by Rilke. Mm-hmm. And that's a correspondence between Rilke, who was a very established poet in his late 20s, and a young man named uh, Mr. Kappas, and it's advice about going about your writing. So Letters to a Young Poet is, is probably um, my number one other than Buddhism. Nice. Um, <coughs> Letters is great because he touches upon the themes. He touches upon solitude and, um, and the important parts of um, realizing 
the work that you have to do as a as a writer. Mm. Uh, now, you, uh, I mean, do you you agree? So you that uh, the being kind of uh, solitude d- does that help you as well? You said you go for walks and stare at kind of some blank walls and mirrors. Is there a reason why solitude you find can lead to these great thoughts? Well, one of the great luxuries of modern times is the uh, capacity to reflect, self-reflection and reflection on your surroundings. And that's because um, we have opportunities to not feel threatened. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, we're not running from a giant tiger. You know, our, our lives are in danger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, with this opportunity for self-reflection, one of these great modern luxuries, it requires a certain amount of solitude. And not even that much necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it does require time without TV, without uh, interaction to um, maybe digest uh, what you've taken in during the day. And I think we all need that time away from stimulus to um, digest what we have uh, acquired during the course of our day knowledge-wise. Nice. I like that. Uh, <laughs> Tim writes in, loving the show so far. That's all I said, right? So thanks, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Did you do? Let's see. Uh, we had some other topics coming up. We were going to talk about uh, actually. So in our notes, I have, we have a show notes for this one, which is great. We're, not, we're normally not this organized, but I, we have the word fractal written a bunch of different times. And yeah. I would love to touch base on fractals. I love the concept yes, of please. fractals in the first place. Uh, that structure that's kind of built in on itself. It's like it, it, example of itself onto itself. And but uh, in regards to like self discovery and. Uh, what the conceptual fractals? The conceptual fractal—it's a representation of the larger and the smaller. I, I, I believe uh-huh. I'm no expert on fractals, but what I consider it to be is a representation of something on multiple size scales. Okay. And on the conceptual level, that could be like a universal humanity, individual kind of like waterfall there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the awareness of this, and the awareness of the genome reality interaction that's constantly occurring with all life forms um, gives rise to awareness, which is one of my major themes in this work is that there's a scripture, maybe literally DNA, Mm -hmm. um, written in the natural, in everything alive, and it's got the secrets. It's got um, the info. Oh, so uh, that spark, that that, that spark of life is kind of a... uh, can think draw from, I guess. Um, now you're uh, okay. I gotta get out of your way. I keep having all these questions. I, I should write these things down as I start. You start talking about. It. I'm like, I should talk about this, then this, mm-hmm. then this, and hence the guess the fractal. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, uh, but the um, let's see. Actually, sorry. As I'm scrolling through, people are sending in. Uh, yeah, the, the guest tonight. People are asking. Have it, they're like, I just tuned in. What's the guest's name? So. Uh, Andrew Conley is the guest tonight here on the Mind of Magnus. Greetings, um, and uh, you actually uh, thanks for being on. You're a poet here in Rochester. Thank you so uh, much for having me. This is a real opportunity to to speak to many people at once. Oh yeah, I think all five of my listeners will love it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, actually, up this week, wow. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting up there. Um, but uh, uh, Andy here, actually, you or Andrew, excuse me, has a um, a a book that is available at, uh, in Rochester. You can get. Right this here, is very right? true on North Street. So if you're on Monroe and you continue on to Chestnut, past Java's, uh, it turns into North Street over there. And there's a wonderful bookstore called Small World Books. Uh, a man named Rocco owns that place, and he facilitated the production of a ten-page chapbook of mm-hmm. some work I did um, three or four years ago, three years ago, and it's the same structure 
as you're hearing tonight um, with a little less of the personal evolution that's occurred in between, but they're still applicable pieces mm -hmm. and it's only $3. It works great. It, it was a, a gift. I had gotten it when I, when you first came out, I ran over to the store and grabbed it and uh, I put it in my, my car. And then the next day I bumped into a friend of mine whose birthday was happening and she's a, a book just loves books, just eats books. And adored that I found a local person. She thought I was the coolest guy ever. I'm like, I have this local poet you should find. And she thought I was this like esoteric, crazy, weird guy that just found something, which is probably true. But yeah. it was, I happened to got, I, it was thanks to you. It was like in the, you know, the grand scheme of things, it worked out exactly perfectly. And she said she enjoyed it. So I, I have to say that it was a, you have a, a glowing review from a friend of mine. So I'm glad I could facilitate someone's perception of your obvious coolness. <laughs> Thank you. It, it takes all the help it can get. I do. <laughs> um, so uh, now, if I if someone should see you writing in a little notebook here in, like, say, Lux, something else, are you a person that you're, are you approachable? Can someone come up and say hi? Certainly, I'm always um, up for chatting. And um, I used to write in public a lot more. Now it's all in my head. And if I have like a specific combination of words that I want to remember, I'll jot it down. But uh -huh. it's getting rarer and rarer. Usually I hold the idea. Because the style, and I'm going to try to sell people on writing it themselves, uh -huh. uh, will improve your working memory. Nice. Um, yeah, tell me about this. You had, we're talking before with Matt and I about improving the working memory through this structure. That's, that's something that um, I believe in. It's... Um, Writing this way, when I'm writing the third line, I'm jotting down the last word of the third to last line in the margin. Uh -huh. And I usually start with a triplet, beginning, middle, and end. And then when I write the second line, it's informed by the word I want to use in the second to last line. Oh, wow. So in the margin of the second half of the poem is a little note of the last word of each of the phrases. So when I arrive on, say, the fifth to last line, which rhymes to the, with the fifth line, mm -hmm. I'll see a word. Maybe it's reveals. And maybe it says heels in the beginning, mm -hmm. and I will. Um, it'll jar my memory for the entire phrase. So, in terms of working memory, short term, like medium term, I guess, mm -hmm. um, it would help you uh, or cultivate a more efficient memory system. Um, and this is I've seen this subjectively, of course, with myself. In terms of like, if someone. Um, speaks in a conversation when I'm already talking, mm -hmm. then I can remember what I was going to say uh, much easier than I could in the past. Wow. That's so awesome. if you want to try this for yourself, I write the numbers or the letters in the left-hand margin. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes the line at the end informs the line at the beginning. And sometimes the line at the beginning informs the line at the end. And ideally, it sounds like free verse, mm -hmm. except for in the middle where it's a J-A-Z or Z-A-Z -Z rhyme. Nice. And that's what that's a cue in that realized that the structure was that pattern out that way. Um, now, do, when you write, uh, do you write for yourself or do you write for an audience or what? How this how does this come about in your or when you're, as you're constructing these these out? I'm always trying to write for the broadest audience I can imagine, something that every human could identify with, essentially, uh -huh. like um, taking it way back into the history of the species, taking it into some universal themes that apply to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, the more specific I get. Um, the less value I see in my work. Oh, really? And that's subjective, of course. Mm -hmm. I have nothing against personal poetry. I mm -hmm. love I love other people's styles, but when I write something, I'm trying to make it apply to life forms, mm -hmm. not a demographic. 
Great. Now, do you find that is are you is that an easy thing for you? I mean, do you feel like you have a connection to a broader uh, a broader understanding just because through like study of Buddhism or something else, or do you find that those that target certain demographics are lacking a grander understanding? Like, what separates your ability to write to a larger ma- like larger group uh, versus someone who you can definitely see is targeting at a specific sort of like experience they've had in their sharing experience or mm-hmm. at a, you know, the teen angst group or something else. I'm all for expression through work and uh, it's due to uh, the capacity for anyone to reach a larger um, demographic of listeners or readers mm-hmm. is um, to the credit of the influences uh, Buddhism, especially or their articulation of <coughs> an original piece um, it applies to everyone and, and since my foundation comes from that and I have a more convoluted picture of imagery that alludes to concepts that uh, they've previously advanced uh-huh. I feel like the influences have provided me with uh, the capacity to write things that would appeal to many people oh nice uh we had someone messaged in and they asked this question uh andrew says the word humans and life forms when he talks about it uh when you say life forms what do you mean life forms um well anything containing dna really mm-hmm. i i i'm sure, of course my audience would be humans yeah but um well cats may love it too i mean I, it, but you have to read it too unfortunately <laughs> they're not very not that well read i guess they're a little more critical than the humans. <laughs> Uh, so uh, do you feel um, that uh, when you say life forms, is there uh, a more of an old, like a, a spiritual nature to your, to your writing? Do you feel like there's a component that speaks to not just the body itself, but a conceptual man or something larger than, than man? Well, uh, there are archetypes that uh, probably flow through this mm-hmm. uh, work. Uh, I always return to DNA. I so the small, we're going into the, like that pattern, the, the very structure of the, the, the building blocks of, of the, uh, everything, the life. Of life, and I think of it maybe as a God molecule. I, I, I don't think anyone can really say a separate intelligence can be confirmed. No, no. So it's like an, like a, it's an energy kind of association, like shapes and patterns, and that, is, and that goes back into that fractal concept, that's, that's right? That's really how I look at it. It's um, energy shapes, uh, nucleic acids to be specific, arranged mm-hmm. in a pattern, forming anything alive, and... That's the concrete element of my work. Of course, there's uh, spiritual references. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that because of it's easier? Sometimes concepts are harder to 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 pull to, to explain without having a reference to pull from, like a correlation of like you know, say a God's love or something else, for lack of a better term, and little 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 letter G maybe. In uh, mm-hmm. uh, an all all encompassing, almost like a parent like love of something else. Is that is it easier to translate? Like these little DNA concepts via with a large overall arching concept. Like You're that? thinking about the fractal thing again. I yeah, like yeah. that. Bigger, smaller. See, you got my brain going. That's how yeah, it works, Andrew. That's, yeah. that's where it's at. Um, I would in, in this work, I would talk about maybe love itself or peace mm-hmm. itself rather than endowing it with uh, human characteristics. And maybe oh, gotcha. it's like uh, humans are the vessels for these tendencies, these universal tendencies, which uh-huh. are. Uh, preceding and here long after our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so uh, we had some people wrote in uh, actually asking 
uh, if about the trivia question. If you can repeat the trivia question, because like I said before, we always have one trivia question, and if I don't get the trivia question out, we get hate mail. That's really how it works. That's like okay. people are here just for the trivia question. Don't let me stop you. <laughs> so the question for Andrew tonight is: uh, This came in from a listener, by the way. So keep sending in more questions if you guys have some. Do we know uh, who that listener was? Uh, his name was Dennis. He didn't say it was just Dennis at. It was uh, Dennis L. I don't even know Dennis L. at uh, Gmail. Dennis L four seven two. So if you're four seven two. Uh, Dennis, thank you for uh, for messaging in. So thanks, Dennis. Uh, yeah. So we have a, a Dennis theme. We have like three or four Dennis. We have one listening right now. We have a couple of other ones writing in too. Big with Dennis. Yeah, yeah. We like Dennis's. <laughs> Denai. I pronounce it. Pro plural. Dennis here. <laughs> We're very pro Dennis. Yes. Uh, so in 1906, the Bijou Dream opened in Rochester. It was the first of its kind. What was it? Now the multiple choice answers are: Was the Bijou Dream a liquor parlor and it specialized in absinthe? Was it B, a strip club? Was it C, a fine jewelry store showing off French and Italian jewelry? Or was it D, the first motion picture theater here in Rochester? And uh, Andrew, your guess was? Originally, I guessed the motion picture theater. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to change that to a liquor parlor. Liquor parlor? And uh, Matt, do you, have, uh, you had liquor parlor before, too. Are you going to change your answer? What are you going to do now? Yeah. Oh, I'm so conflicted. I don't know if I'm allowed to change my you can, answer. You can do whatever you want. You can like throw. You can say all the above if you feel so inclined. You won't win. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what should I do? I, I'm between B and D now. I'm between the, the strip club and the movie palace. <laughs> Just like in real life. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you got, you can. We have the rest of the show to guess. We have a few, you know, 10, 15 more minutes left to go. So, but you can be a buzzer beater on that one. I'm yeah, yeah, exactly. If that. anyone has any help for Matt in the box, let us know. Uh, message us at uh, Magnus Apollo on Twitter or mindofmagnus at gmail dot com. You can message Matt directly at Matt Obscure on Twitter. Um, which is great. I love having that name on the guy in the box over there, by the way. Matt Obscure. Seems it's perfect. amazing. Thanks. <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, feel free. I, I did have a little hubris when we started, so feel free to throw any red herrings my way, too. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try to crush <laughs> you now. We don't want to have you win again. Um, but yeah, again, uh, and if uh, Andrew, if you do win, the, uh, take you for meatballs and beer, Skylark, to celebrate. Yes. Uh, talk more about the, the poetry and a Apparently, expand my mind. It's the whole my brain keeps going back to like large, small, and it's literally that fractal concept. Yeah, uh, the representation of a, yeah. the same concept on, on different levels. Now, um, I have more poems to read. Yeah, actually, whenever. that's what the next thing was going to Yeah, please do. We'd love to hear another poem. Is there a title for this poem? Um, these aren't titled. They're, they just have the. Um, the date the and time the time. stamp. Yeah. Now, actually, uh, when you get done with that, we're going to actually ask the question. Someone wrote in. The reason I asked about the title that we didn't know. But continue on. What's the time stamp for this one? Let's see. Um, I think I'll read another 21-line one. The 53 ones. We can uh, do it at the end of the show if you want. We have, like, in about five, ten minutes, we can toss another one on if you want to do a 51. Um, let's okay. see. I'll, I'll do a longer one then. Sure. Uh, these are 53 lines, so they have the same structure of a mirror. But uh, they're just a little more than twice as long. And this is one I performed at a show a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and it's from February 22nd, 2018 at 2.09 p.m. It is with a sudden trepidation that we sit still and wait for our worlds to reveal a correct direction in which to pursue a quest for a symbol to explain for what we are looking. We began searching long ago and through toil and grief, we still search with great care for the secrets that surround us, but we fear it, this secret symbol that might appear, giving us a path to another place, maps written in the sky, hidden below the sound, that as we grow and perish will always remain, that have always been printed under the words, etched below the birdsong, 
that will live on, a place apart from time as we define it today. Now we embark on a journey to find any hidden indication of symbols resting in the mind. On the edge of light and dark, we find a quiet way. We rise and climb into the dawn, into worlds where we belong, to hear below the songs of the birds, to be still and listen for messages in the rain that will appear and vanish and reappear all around. In the infant's cry and the elder's face, we find a place aside fear where we slowly sit, pause and quietly focus to know what is hidden there with the sunlight and the leaf, between the wind and snow, between the gust and the wing, we can feel its pull as old as it is new, resting below our detection in a place where we heal, where what we fearfully anticipated is really a predestined salvation. Nice. These are great. Now, do you, like, where, this was timestamped at the 2 in the afternoon, you said, right? 2.09 p.m. or something else? What yeah, 2.09 p.m. Yeah, uh, so do, reading this, do you remember what brought you to this or what was that? There was just... Since it it's a daily occurrence, I, I just know that on the 22nd of February at 2.09, I was writing. And it's a meditation to get into the mindset. It takes about an hour to write one of these. It takes a half an hour mm -hmm. to get in the right mindset. And then it'll take 20 minutes to write the first half and then mm -hmm. 10 to write the second half because the second half almost writes itself after a while. Yeah. Um, now, do you find yourself, as you're writing this, so the second half, do you ever go back in and retweak the first half or is the first half written it's set is there a it's it's always set okay i'll write the first half and then i i hit the middle and I, it just what i was thinking comes back to me oh it's interesting so i i would recommend this as an exercise for memory improvement mm -hmm. um it's improved mine a little bit over the years <laughs> and um, i need all help you get as you get older i find my, my brain swiss cheese it's horrible yeah. it's a, yeah, that's a that's a real deal. You know, the uh, aging process and the keeping the mind sharp, and um, there are many things that will help. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this working memory technique will um, be among them. Um, just to touch upon uh, one more thing in my methods, these are encoded, so there will be an idea of origin mm -hmm. that's not mentioned, and the uh, the idea is that you will arrive at the conclusion and evaluate it yourself after I have brought you up a staircase to a door. It's up to you if you want to open it. It's up hmm. to you if you want to explore it. Yeah. But um, the the door itself is yours to open, and the staircase is the poem itself. So that's it's amazing. So the central idea you have, it's uh, – uh, it's lack of a better term, it's kind of danced around and talked about. It's, it's totally there. You can see it. You can you know, grasp it, but it's not – it's still kind of it's still below the surface. It's like so. a, yeah, it's a it's a hidden uh, it's a hidden idea that you can find. Nice, it's like I a search this. that's I'll, I, the idea is I'll lead you up up the door to mm -hmm. the door, and then um, you'll discover it on your own, and then ideally evaluate it mm -hmm. and not just uh, assimilate it into your thinking without <laughs> um, your own scrutiny. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your writing is kind of a form of, of meditation for you. It, it, the reading kind of is as well then, right? Certainly. It brings me to a similar place that I've been before and uh, enhances focus to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And for your reader too, if you're kind of leading them in that direction, I, I kind of found that, 
I, I want to go back and read your stuff again just to kind of absorb it. Sure, yeah. Um, because, I, yeah, I think there are a lot of really interesting themes to explore. I'm, I'm super interested to see more of your work. Yeah, I, I should share more. Um, I can post something soon on Facebook for sure. Awesome. And um, that's probably the easiest way to catch any of these in the... And I also have shows. There's a show coming up here. Yeah, I see. We have a thing right here. What's, uh, tell us more about the show coming up here. Well, this is at a wonderful venue. Uh, it's an art space, and we've got... Um, it's called the Horde House. H-O-R-D-E, right? Yeah, and some wonderful people, uh, Joel and Alyssa and some other folks, um, have an art space, and they have uh, feather sculptures on the wall. Mm-hmm. And this is a potluck-style event on March 25th. Nice. And some um, excellent... Folks are performing alongside. I think Chris Coon's going to be involved on the keys. Nice. And then Turn Up Heart is uh, Noel Evans' project. And then Evil Hearted You is Amber Tracy. And I haven't heard much of that. I hear it's spooky hmm. and it sounds cool. And then Daniel Kushner, who writes for City Papers, nice. yeah, yeah. will be performing spoken word and perhaps a little music as well. Oh, that's awesome. I actually helped uh, Daniel write, uh, lay out his book. Uh, That's what he was telling me today. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fancy that. Big surprise. <laughs> yeah, he, I love his stuff. Actually, he was great. I was, yeah, I, I love reading. I love seeing just talented Rochesterians, and his poems were just great. I remember I was working late at night, and I was just reading a couple ones over, and I, it's, you know, I do design work for other folks here and there, and sometimes I'll lay stuff out and not not digest it. You know what I mean? It's just laid out. looks good. Make sure. I mean, I read it, but his, I went back over, but like even when it was finished, I found myself opening up and reading it. So just another case of a talented people here in Rochester. Once so. again, his style is completely different and completely appreciable. So mm-hmm. the diversity in, in the local poet scene, um, is much appreciated. Mm-hmm. It seems like we have quite an impressive poetic scene here, a poet scene in Rochester. The Spirit Room just opened, and that's yeah. doing great. That yeah. place is really taking off, I've heard. So um, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. A, a lit scene in Rochester. Yeah. There's going to be more um, production, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been doing much self-promotion. I've been focusing on production, but I'm always looking to collaborate in some way or another with other people, so people can always get in touch via Facebook. Oh, perfect. So if, if uh, now, in collaboration, I mean, with musicians, artists, who, who would you work with? I mean, are you, like, well, hanging around with a painter, someone who's inspired as you're doing your poetry? What would be a person that would love to you love to join forces with in these processes? What I projects? had in the back of my mind was uh, shows, mm-hmm. uh, performances, uh, collaborations on, um, you know, presenting our work to uh, oh, nice. an audience. Great. And, um, of course, I invite people to be inspired by these words of mm-hmm. course because i've been inspired by so many people's art and music and visual art like <laughs> yourself and, um the mutual inspiration is a real core value mm-hmm. it, i've never encountered a city that is so supportive uh, like this this city the art scene the literature scene the uh, just the creative uh, community here in Rochester are not only some of the most talented people I've ever met in my life, and I say this in every show pretty much, but it's it's also the most supportive group I've ever had. If you want to do a show, there's not only a few people that want to join in on you, but there's people that are willing to help support and be there and cheer you on and share it. And it just seems to really be strong in Rochester. The more I travel, the more I realize Rochester is a very a kind of gem. See, I didn't the- know that. And there's there's no substitute for people supporting each other. Mm-hmm. No one can do it on their own. And that's, yeah. a, that's a real fallacy to think that uh, total independence is um, an ideal. Yeah, yeah. I really feel like um, 
people ha- people can't do it all themselves. I can't do it all myself. And having a supportive arts community is um, so valuable. Mm-hmm. It's beyond value. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoy having someone around to like either bounce ideas off or sometimes being around a creative person as they're creating it. it inspires me or makes me kind of bump up my game i want to be i want to impress the person next to me as well as the next person i think and it's something that i think i found uh just repeatedly in this city uh just groups of talented folks just making awesome things happen so and these art forms mesh music goes with writing writing Mm -hmm. goes with art art goes with music and anything else sculpture you name it um Mm -hmm. the the various forms fiber art is big here too yeah which is i'm Um, impressed by that it's it's just a um it's just a happening place for the arts, and when when the art forms are working together, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, I agree. I I have uh, uh, one of the poem uh, poets I used to kind of hang around here in the city. He used to have a uh, his roommate was a up an upright bass, and okay. he's just doing just plinking along, and they would hang around, and he'd be practicing and just kind of like free, you know, just freewheeling all these words out, and his roommate in the back just playing along, doing the exact same thing. And you had to record it because to get done with it. I'm like, that's amazing. What's that called? Like, we don't know. We just made it up right now. Right on. And it was just this just swirling energy in a room. And it was just amazing to be in. There'd be a person drawing. And it just there was a, some sort of like magic happening right in that space. Certainly. There's no substitute for that kind of thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, so we're coming up in the last five, ten minutes of the show. We have a um, trivia question. We're so, yeah, yeah. We've got to answer the trivia question. Um, so uh, the trivia question was, let me get back to this in here. Uh uh, let's see. Oops. Close, close the wrong thing. Trivia question was from our listener tonight. Uh, in 1906, the Bijou Dream, uh, Bijou, B-I-J-O-U, for those who asked, the Bijou Dream opened in Rochester. It was the first of its kind. What was it? Was it A, a liquor parlor? Uh, also, that was specializing in absinthe. Uh, was it B, a strip club? Was it C, a fine jewelry store? Or was it D, a motion, motion picture theater? So, Andrew, your guess. You would change it at one point. You I did, and I'm sticking with liquor parlor. Liquor parlor? Which is a great thing. And uh, Matt, in the box. What year was it again? 1906. Hmm. I'm having second thoughts, but I'm sticking with you, it. You can change it. You want to. You, you can, no one wrote in. No one gave an answer out. And even though someone wrote in, he's like, I'd love to mess with Matt, but I won't. So, <laughs> I think it's a friend of ours. So. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Andrew, you sure you get final answer? You can change it. You have no. 1909. 1906. Said. 1906. Um I'll change it back to movie theater. The movie theater? So the guy in the box? I think he wanted a movie theater. His brains look... I see that face. That's where I was going. You can, so, you can go with the guest, too. You don't, have to, you don't have to change it up. You can... I, I'm, I'm going to go with B. You're going with B? You sure? I'm going to go with B. B. You want to go with B? So no, no one wrote in, by the way. No one gave an answer, so there's no way to help, by the way. Uh, final answer is... Andrew got it right. Uh, <laughs> it was. I saw his face. He wanted a movie theater. So <laughs> you got it right the first bit, so good job. So uh, What's what did I guess? Uh, the B, uh, the mo- the motion picture theater was That's the Bijou right. Dream. Yeah, yeah. I 19- thought it was just like the time frame of it all, and I, that was a hundred percent guess. <laughs> Good yeah, one. the Bijou Dream was uh, 1906 uh, downtown, uh, over off of I think it was State Street. It said in here, uh, the first movie theater of its kind, uh, just one one seater, uh, but still it had a, a like a large theater sort of. Pr- I thought you just said one seater. One theater, <laughs> one one scene. Yeah, one seater is very very much <laughs> for one person. Very intimate. Um, but thanks for writing that in if you guys have a question feel free free to message in to us at any point in time mindofmagnus at gmail.com or magnuspalo on twitter Uh, so this is the end of the show though Andrew uh, we have a few more minutes left but thank you for being on here so Andrew Connolly is the guest tonight that is true and this was a real dream and I'm glad to have been in your mind for a (laughs) while 
<laughs> Thank you. I love that. Um, so, uh, do you have any? We have the show coming up here uh, at uh, the uh, Horde House. Is the name uh, of that it? That is an art space. Okay, and uh, that date is when? That is the twenty fifth of March. Awesome, awesome. And you can, we can find you more about it on Facebook. Just do a search for Andrew Conley. C O N L E Y. C-O-N-L-E-Y. Correct. Awesome. Um, I want to give a, a thank you to uh, all those who wrote in the show. It, it's made possible by these wonderful listeners. Uh, so, uh, Chris, Dennis, Tim, uh, we had a Susan write in. Uh, all those fun folks. Uh, thank you for writing in. We love you. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, I want to give a thank you to uh, the Air Rec Radio team who underwrite the show. They make stuff happen. Uh, check them out. Just go to airrecradio.com. Uh, check out their old shows, whatever you need to do. But these guys are great. They're morning, morning spots here in uh, Rock Free Radio. It's pretty darn good. Uh, I want to give a thank you to uh, Matt uh, Obscure in the Box, uh, also for that theme song again. What was the theme song from again? Thanks. That is Yacht, and it's, uh, I lost the name of the song. That's terrible, isn't it's it? It's Yacht. It works. It's uh, Yacht. It's off the Shangri-La record. I'm going to tell you this. The whole thing is excellent. Is so, it? Yeah. We've been, we enjoyed it. We popped it on. Uh, we had two songs we're choosing from, and it was hard to choose from. So, uh, But yeah, thanks again. for This has been the Mind of Magnus here on uh, Rochester Free Radio. Uh, 106.3 uh, WRFC LP Rochester. We'll be back again next week. Uh, my guest next week, I believe, is uh, Shawnee Hill. I think she's joining in uh, to talk about art and cool stuff happening here in the city. Uh, if you guys have any questions for her, let us know. Uh, we, uh, we love having cool folks on. Andrew, thank you for being on. I hope you had a fun time. I had a great time. Thank you. Cool. Uh, we got to have you back on again with uh, Chris uh, playing uh, maybe some keyboard with some of those poems, if you don't mind. Yeah, count on it. Oh, I would love to have it on. Uh, so we're going to organize a big, huge, big, huge Mind of Magnus party one day. Have a cool guest line up on here. I'm totally down for that. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, thanks again for writing in, folks. Uh, if you uh, have a few dollars to spare, we'd love to have uh, some Patreon supporters. Uh, it helps keep the lights on here and we have a lot of great shows happening here in the Rochester Free uh, Radio lineup uh, go to rochesterfreeradio.com to learn more about what we have to offer and uh, you guys are what make this happen thank you for writing in uh, every week you guys message in uh, my Friday rebroadcast at 7am drive time I get some people messaging in uh, this is a shout out to them since it's not live I can't give you a shout out to you guys but I love it I retweet where I can uh, and don't be a stranger please message let me know what else is happening out there and uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. This has been The Mind of Magnus.